Welcome to Kingdom Light Church. We believe this message by Dave Besson will find entrance in your heart and impact in your life in a supernatural way. For more information, please visit our website, Instagram account, and Facebook page. Father, this morning, as we gather around your word, the Bible says, That this word is God-breathed. It's God-inspired. Because it came via the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit came upon men of old and they spoke. And after it was written. Written for our upliftment. Our encouragement. Our healing. Our breakthrough. And everything that we might ever need. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the spirit of truth. And bring this morning life to every person in this place. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Come on, give God one more round of praise. I, I want to say two things. Um, first of all, thanks, Rod, my boot. It's such a privilege to be in the same house as my brother now. And like really crazy that the two of us, some people say we're twins. I don't know about that, but yeah, anyway. Thanks for the word this morning. And, and um, there's a very important part of that story. That part of that story says that he brought them into account. And then he said to the one, You've been faithful over little. And then there's a promotion. There's an entrustment. You see, when good stewardship takes place with what is not yours, but belongs to the kingdom, God then knows and is enabled to see that he can entrust you with more. More doesn't come of its own accord. More comes to people who are entrusted who are trustworthy, who God can see, this is going to go to the right place. It's going to go to the right destination. And then what comes, strangely enough, he says, I will set you over ten cities. It, it translates then from money to power, to rulership and authority. So just remember that, that there is much more that is in your portfolio than you actually know that that much more is rulership and authority that God wants to give his church but it starts in a very simple place it starts with what's yours no what's his (laughs) Amy um, we've said so much but we haven't said enough Because every time I revisit the miracle, it becomes more. And for what some of you don't know, which I'm going to, my turn this morning, um, is that at one stage, the neurosurgeons and the people that were over Amy said, there is no blood flowing to the left. Is it the left side of the brain? And what happens when blood starts to not flow to a certain part of your body especially in your brain, it starts to darken. Strange, eh? Light versus darkness. And it started to darken to the extent that they were worried that there would be no life there because there was no blood. And when the doctor said to Monique, your daughter's had a stroke and there's no blood flowing and there's an artery and all the stories that they told, she waved her little finger in his face. And she said... Doctor, I hear you, but I'm not receiving. There's something about a parent's fight for their children that if you compare that to God, God fights in that very same way for you. When she said that, the doctor was kind of amazed and he's been back since to actually testify what this family has actually done to him. But, What I want to say this morning is what you see there is a total miracle because the blood flow to that side of the brain is still miraculous. 
and the the outworkings that were supposed to be a stroke has long disappeared and and what's happening now is a is a is a sudden but also gradual restoration some miracles happen instantaneously right before your eyes other miracles are ongoing continuous and every single day there's more Okay, so they removed for the swelling a part of her skull. Okay, when they opened the skin to put that after the swelling had gone down, when they opened to look inside to put it back, they saw blood flow and arteries and things flowing. That is that is why. That is why a man of that kind of intelligence, that, that, that surgeon went into the passage and shed tears because he hadn't seen anything like that. The sister that was present when she was admitted finished her, her term of duty. She resigned or finished, retired is the right word. And on her two nights before she finished up, she asked for special permission to sit with Amy. She said, in 40 years, I've never seen a real miracle. As a nursing sister, I'd never seen a real one. She said, but can I sit with her the last two nights of my duty before I retire? Because I want to sit next to a real miracle. Which, which brings me to where... I want to start this morning. I'm a little bit different also, like Rod, to the morning service. I said earlier in the year and approaching the end of last year, we need an accurate representation of Jesus. We need an accurate representation of God. And now it's gone to another level why we should need that. When people start faking resurrection... When people start raising up corpses that are not corpses. When they hire three different funeral parlors to play that. You know that game where you put a pip under a cup and then you go... Tuk, 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 tuk. You know, that's what they did physically. They put the corpse in the box and then they took an ambulance and then they took another ambulance and they did this. When people start doing that in the name of God, anywhere in the world that and and believe me it doesn't just happen in south africa it happens in in america it happens in places where people ask people they buy them before the service and they say to them you know we're going to call you out we're going to give you a wheelchair and then you stand up out of the wheelchair you know and we'll give you some money one side you, you so we are we're, we're raising people that were not never lame and then the excuse to justify it the excuse to justify it is this, that if we let a couple of people stand out of wheelchairs that, that, that were never lame, we'll increase the faith of other people. That's nonsense. The, the situation, and sorry that I have to start here this morning, but I, the situation is we need genuine miracles. That, that, that when genuine miracles say, we're not going to go away from praying for sick people. We're not going to divert from praying for dead people we're not going to back off of our christianity because someone made a fake miracle somewhere because we still believe in the truth god does raise the dead god does heal the sick god does save the lost we still believe that so we're not going to back off of that because of that and that's what so fantastic to have a real miracle in the house to have something that is genuine that proves something when when they saw the man Remember I quoted it, I said, when they saw the man that had been lame from birth, standing after 38 years of lameness, standing with the disciples, and seeing them that were unlearned fishermen, and realizing that they had been with Jesus, the effect, they had nothing to say. And by the way, the reason why they call it the sign and the wonder, it makes you wonder. I truly have been in revivals where people are getting out of wheelchairs all the time and sometimes you just sort of like stop for a moment. It, it rattles the senses so hard that you sit and look at it and you say, God, is this real? 
And it's not a disrespectful thought. It's just that it goes against all logic to see somebody who they carried in on a blanket. I mean, um, uh, the, one of the, the most profound miracles was on an Easter Good Friday in Valcom with Kubis. We were at a service and myself and Selwyn were sitting next to each other. And, and there was a man brought in whose fluids were running out of him. He had plugs in. He was that close to death. He couldn't swallow. And after Kubis had prayed for him and walked with him a little while, he put him between the two of us. And man, it was an uncomfortable service because the man smelt like death. And he sat next to me for an entire service and we were feeding him water that he was swallowing by that time. By the end of the service, he pushed his wheelchair out the service. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about that gets to a place that your mind is rattling because against all logic, God is doing stuff you've never seen before. We need that. But the person that brings that to life in the church is the Holy Ghost. The power that raised Jesus from the dead at work within you. The most influential, powerful, strong person in the world today. The biggest, the strongest, the most influential person, say person, is the Holy Spirit. He's a person. Just like God is a person. God is a spirit. And those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. So the spirit helps us worship God. But God is the Father and Jesus is the Son. God gave us Jesus. Jesus gave us the spirit. The Holy Ghost. Alright. So the fact is that the blood of Jesus is the most powerful instrument that there is. Because Hebrews says that by that sacrifice, that one offering, He took out of the world for all time sin. He made us, He sanctified us and set us apart by one offering. We are therefore now holy ground. Now people don't like to say they're holy. You are holy because of what Jesus did. There's a progression of holiness only subject to your mind change, your mindset. You were, you, were, you, you were justified, made righteous by the offering of Jesus, but you were justified and sanctified. It's not justified by faith and then sanctified by works. No, no, no. The work that started in the Spirit ends in the Spirit. You could do neither. You cannot justify yourself or sanctify yourself. It's all by faith in, the God, in God by the Holy Spirit. But the blood has made you holy ground. Therefore, the Holy Spirit can now stay inside it. So the most powerful instrument of Jesus' blood has made you a place of dwelling that now the powerful person, the one of this dispensation, lives and moves inside of you. There's a subject at university called applied mathematics. Don't ask me what it is, because I was never good at maths. The most amazing miracle, not the most amazing miracle, one of the most craziest miracles in my life was I failed mathematics and science 8, 9, and 10. I know it's grades today. I think it's 10, 11, and 12 grades. I failed in all three. Then I went to Technicon, because I was a telecom technician, or studying to be one which I never became. I went to Technicon, and my first T1, I had a brilliant maths teacher. And it happened to be applied mathematics. In other words, there was application to it. It was no longer a theory. It was not a theoretical subject. It was an applicable subject. In other words, if the crane boom is this long, and it sticks out this far, and the weight that you're picking up is that many tons, how strong, or how far, or whatever. So you apply the equation to get the thing to move. That man had miracle power. I passed maths and science, T1, for the first time in three years. I passed the subject. But church... Too much of what we do here on a Sunday 
please excuse me. And I put myself right in the front row when it comes to this. So I'm standing in the front of the queue, not at the back. And I'm speaking and addressing myself first. Too much of what we do here on a Sunday is theoretical. Too much of what we do is a happenstance that happens on a Sunday morning. It has to become applicable. It has to be an applied thing from Monday to Monday. We have to live this thing out. The Holy Ghost must be living and moving and breathing and operating in and through us on a continual basis. It has to become something that the world can literally see. Amen? So go with me quickly to the second last book of the Bible, Jude. Jude verse 20. It's the last book before Revelations. Revelations. Revelation is the last book and Jude is the second last book. So go with me to Jude and we go to verse 20 and it says, But you, say me, beloved, say that's also me. <laughs> Do you understand that you loved? You loved. Say I'm loved. With an awesome love. But you, beloved, beloved, Building up yourselves. Building. Sean building me up. Dave building me. No, no. He doesn't say Dave building me up. He doesn't say the elders in the church building me up. Hello. It says building yourselves. Say myself. Meeting time. In the mirror. Myself. It's time we built on the temple. <laughs> time for extensions. Time for overflows. Time for balconies. Hallelujah. Building yourself. There's some people that go to gym to do bodybuilding. He says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I receive faith by hearing the word. I have a portion of faith. I have a measure of faith. But I can build my most holy faith. I can, you know, there's, there's a degrees of faith. And I'm not going to preach on that this morning. There's oh ye of little faith. And then there's great faith. But then there's most holy faith. And you can build yourself in most holy faith. By what? Yeah. Praying in the Holy Ghost. How many of you, oh no, well this is a stupid question Dave. Um, very few of you, because I don't think they're on the market anymore, had the experience of what they used to call a Jenny on your bicycle. Do they have it still? It's like a little thing, it looked like a Coke bottle, half a Coke bottle, and it had a, it looked, the Coke top was like a geared thing. And you'd click it and it would go against the rubber of the bicycle tire. And at the bottom of it, it had a cable that went to your light. And the faster you pedaled, the brighter your light became. Because it, it, it was a dynamo. The, 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 the more you, you know that the, the word dynamo and dynamite and denimus are from the same. The dynamic power of God, the Holy Ghost is that kind of power. It's powerful, right? So... The, 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 what was I going to say about it? Um, building yourself up in your most holy faith, there's a, there's a dynamic power that is available to you and me when praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what I was going to say about it. So you might be really down and out. We're talking about applied mathematics. I mean applied spirituality. You might be really down and out. You might be feeling it. And I love what the other thing that happened in the service, both services this morning, was this that stop looking at your giant or your problem or your circumstance and start looking away to your answer. It's not the devil and it's not his size and it's not what he's done in the past. It's none of that stuff. The thing that's going to give you the answer. It's not the country. It's not the government. It's not this. It's not that. None of the concentration of that is going to change it. It's only going to make it worse because you're magnifying the problem. But when you start facing the answer, concentrating on the answer, the, 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 the power, what you're looking at, what you, what you behold, you become. 
what you look at and see gets drawn towards you. So when you start looking at the Spirit or in the Spirit at God's size and the answer, something happens to you. You start becoming a giant killer. But you've been given a very strange, um, illogical, uh, sounds weird. It's called praying in the Holy Ghost. So you could be really down and out and looking at everything and you don't seem to be able to get your face turned away. And then you start. And you go and you go and you rituna masse teraba and you stop listening to yourself because you know if you're listening you're going that sounds kind of crazy are you making it up or what? Do you know let me let you into a really cool secret. I was a pastor already two years, maybe three. I was lying on my study in my second church, my first church on my own. I was a pastor in Prenichung as a youth pastor, and then I went to Malmesbury, and I must have been in Malmesbury already. So I'd swatted to be a pastor, I'd been a youth leader, I'd, all of that stuff. I'd been baptized in the Spirit, praying in tongues for years, but there was like this half unbelief. I was always listening to the words and going, as I met this boy, I don't know whether I understand this. You're not supposed to be. It's mysteries. You don't know what you're praying, but God understands it. And on one night, lying on my face in my study in Malmesbury, I forgot to listen to myself and try and analyze what I was praying. I forgot that night, and suddenly a mighty rushing wind. There was like something between a wind and a river in the spirit that flowed over me and I lost track of time. And about two hours later, I came out of my study looking like Gary this morning, totally, absolutely drunk in the spirit and I'd been lost for hours in the presence of Almighty God. And that's when the power came. Because once you're logically looking at it, it's not going to work. But say, build you up. Okay, so where am I and how how much time have I got? Here we go. All right, so jump down with me to Ephesians 4. You know Ephesians 4. This church should know Ephesians 4 off by heart because we had it up on the wall for so long. Ah, good Lord, this is going to be awesome. Are you with me? Why are you so quiet? You thinking? Are you thinking? Hmm? Are you thinking? Do you know that joke? Do you know that joke? There was a, Germ- a German U-boat pilot in the Second World War, and he'd bombed a ship, and the people were drowning in the water, and they were screaming, We're sinking! We're sinking! And he stood up on top of his boat. He said, What are you thinking while you're sinking? Don't worry, you can laugh next week. Ephesians 4, verse 12, uh, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Say, gifts to the church. Say, spiritually gifted. Holy Spirit gifted. Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying. Say, edify. Edification and building, uh-huh, okay, of the body of Christ, uh, uh, edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things which is the head which is Christ the whole body fitly joined together and compacted in the um, by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part which makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself now edification and building 
and, and, and those words are there to say something to you, it is a building process. God doesn't want to leave you as you are. He wants to build you up. Now, praying in tongues and walking in the Spirit, that way there is a building process taking place. These men, these prophets, I, I, I wish I could just find that quickly. Let me, let me see if I can find that quickly for you. Um, somebody sent me this. Let me see. And they didn't know what I was preaching this morning. There. Pure prophets are not trying to use their gift to gain access to people, platforms, or resources. Pure prophets are consumed with burning love for the Father. And that love, then therefore, is operated in maturing the saints and edifying them. I'm not here to seek a platform. I'm not here to seek a, what does it say? Pure prophets are not there to use their gift to gain access to people, platforms, or resources. Hello. So if you want to see a pure prophet, or you want to see the difference between a pure prophet and not a pure prophet, look at their motive. If their motive is not maturing the saints, not for their benefit, but for the church in love with the Father, then you know that that prophet is up to mischief. Okay, we're going somewhere. Okay, so let us say edification is a building up. All right, jump with me to 1 Corinthians 2. And while you're going there, let me say something for the benefit of some people. Some people came after the service, and it was a good, it was a relevant question, it was a good question, especially for those who are busy studying and haven't yet um, matured in that way round about the Holy Ghost. Let me say this. If you want a good book to start in the Bible to read about the Holy Spirit, take John. All right? Then go to John 3 and have a look at when Nicodemus and Jesus are talking about the miraculous. He says, Teacher, we know that you are from God, for no man can do these things unless God be with, in, him. He doesn't answer him on the miracles. He says, you must be born again to see the kingdom and to enter it. I'm, I'm, I'm short-tracking it, all right? Then he says, later on he says, for what is spirit is spirit, and what is flesh is flesh. Are you with me? So there's that which belongs to the spirit, and there's that which belongs to the flesh. But you are born again. So the true identity of you is spirit. You're first a spirit, you have a soul, and you're living in a body. So you are firstly spiritual. Okay? He says in John 1, he says, you were born of God or born from above. So your DNA is godly, which is spiritual. Between John 1 and John 3, we have John 2. The turning of water into wine. We have six stone jars, six a number of man, stone or earthen, referring to that which is from dust to dust. And Jesus says, fill it up with water to the top. And then while those tugs are like that, he says, give the head of the wedding to taste. He said, this is wine. Here Jesus showed forth his glory for the first time in the turning of water into wine. And the head of the ceremony that in charge on behalf of the bridegroom says, how is it? Come on, you've got to get that. How is it that you took or kept the, those normally, he said, the guest, the, 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 the host serves the best wine first and leaves the cheap stuff for later. When everybody's drunk. And it's good wine. It's just any wine now. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. There was a there was a misspent youth somewhere. But he saved the best. For lost. Look at yourself. Say, God has saved the best part for lost. Whoo! God is saving the best part in, in your life. Tell me, for lost. <laughs> God is saving the best part, Dex, for lost. <laughs> you guys are, 
are nowhere near where you're supposed to be yet. God is saving the best for last. Say, I'm a son of the Most High God. He's saving the best for last. Yeah. Okay. One Corinthians two. Oh man. Um, but verse nine, as it is written. Oh man. Let's go back to seven. But we speak a wisdom of God in a mystery, even a hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Say my glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But, as it is written, oh, can I give you this quickly? What is the time? Oh, I'm running out of time, running out of time. As it is what? Do you know that that is a quote out of the Old Testament? I think round about Isaiah 66, something. that as it is written. Hey, look at me. It's not as it was written. Come, 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 come. Think about this. Every time Paul speaks about a prophetic word coming out of, he says, as it is written, Jesus addressing the devil in the wilderness doesn't say it was written. He says it is written. Come on, I've got goosebumps. It is written. What are you doing when you quote something in the Bible as current time? It's not past tense. It's not future tense. It's in the constant now because He is the I am. You say, it is written. What are you saying when you say it is written? You're taking a proclamation. What do they do when they pass a law in the parliament? What do they call it? They call it, it, it's, it's on the statute books. So you say, according to law 53, subsection this, according to statute that, you've got to get off my property. Legislation. You are quoting statutory legislation when you say, not according to an earthly law book. You're quoting heavenly manual. You're saying statutory legalistically in the word of God it is written ah. that's the kind of stuff the Holy Spirit will do for you as it is written eye has not seen ears not heard where am I uh, ba, 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 ba. yes what, neither has entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Do you love God? But God hath revealed them unto us by his capital S spirit. For the spirit, capital S, searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. There's patents. There's plans. There's future things. We're battling in the church right now because we're looking at current state of affairs according to newspaper Heisgenoot and everything else. That's not where you find out what God's doing. You're not looking at a newspaper. Oh, the Antichrist is now in our midst. His name is Gorbachev. And I wonder if he knows he's got that mark on his head. Gorbachev with a mark on his head has been and gone. And he wasn't the Antichrist. Saddam Hussein has, oh, so, sorry, Saddam Hussein has been and gone. And he wasn't the Antichrist. The Twin Towers have fallen. He wasn't the Antichrist. In fact, if you read the Bible correctly, it says the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist, for the Antichrist is a spirit, is already in our midst. The mark of the beast. The year 2000, the falling of... Listen, there are so many ends of the world we've, we've lost count. In the meantime, the thing that's supposed to be manifesting in the earth is sonship, is sons of God, is Holy Spirit-driven men and women. 
God says, you haven't seen, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay, quickly, quickly. Jump to Romans 8. We've got to get to Romans 8. We've got to, I've got to land in Romans 8. Okay, so the most powerful, influential force and person in the earth is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 Romans 8. Did I say Romans 8? So I can't start in the beginning, Romans 8, you can read. So John, John 1, 2, 3, 4, woman at the well. Then you jump all the way to John 13 in the upper room. John 13, 14, 15, 16, you read all of those. They're all in the same. Read them all in one sitting. From John 13 all the way to 16, where they, or 15 or 16, where he says, and then he said, get up, we're going. Have you ever visited with people that are really lack of people to visit with? Don't, don't say yes or no. I, I, I know you have. And, and, and Gary and Melissa are visiting me, and we get up to go. He said, I've got to go now. You know how many times he's been in trouble? I don't, I don't even want to tell him. Then Mel phones and says, where are you? He said, I'm visiting with Bishop Dave, and I should have driven out of here 30 minutes ago. Amen. Yeah. Guess what happened? You get up to leave, but you continue talking through the front door down the driveway, out the gate, into the car, in the car, with the window down, for another half an hour, and then you leave. Jesus, Jesus says, come on, let's get up, we're leaving. But they have a discussion all the way out, all the way into the garden of Gethsemane, all the way till after he prayed the, the high priestly prayer in John 17. And all of it was final instruction to the 12 or the 11 in regarding the building of the church going forward and 90% of that discussion is I bet it's better that I go because if I do not go he cannot come but when he comes he's gonna so the father gave the son the son gave the spirit and the spirit is the leader of the church he's the leader of you he's the director he's the shower he's the He'll show you all things. Guys, if we just get into the application of the Holy Ghost, we're going to have a, we're going to have no problems. We won't even have a quarter of the problems. We won't have an eighth of the problems. We'll have no problems. Because the Spirit will be leading us straight into everything and it will be yeah, straight from heaven. Alright, so Romans 8. Is that right? Romans 8. You, 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 you. Okay, verse 14. Yeah, 14, 12. Verse 11. But the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Say in me. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Say the point of this is sonship. For you have not received. Now listen, verse 15. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Stop. Look at me. That is a small letter S. Listen. There's a spirit of fear. There's a spirit of infirmity. There's a spirit of deception. There's a spirit of lust. There's a spirit of idolatry. The whole world is filled with little spirits. But you're not supposed to be concentrating on the little S. Your indwelling nature is the big S, the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is the superior. Sean said it this morning at the table. He said there's a name above every other name. The price that's paid is above every other price. The victory that's got is above every other victory. The Spirit you have is the superior Spirit. And this is what I said to everybody this morning. You can change the atmosphere anywhere in the world just by the Spirit. The Holy Ghost. He said, in the beginning, the world was null and void. And God said, but before He said, so the Father spoke the word, but He said, the Holy Spirit hovered on the deep he says he hovered over the chaos 
right now, the Holy Spirit is actually waiting for a word from your mouth. I said right now, the Holy Ghost is actually waiting for a word from your mouth. When you speak the word, the Spirit says, I can agree with that. He latches onto that word, zips that word into the situation. Ha! Verse 25, but if we hope for what we see not, then do we wait, uh, then do we with patience wait for it. Say, wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Let me explain it in, in one verse and then, and then show you it in some other. Here's the thing. Say groanings. Galatians 4.19. Paul says, my little children. Was he married? So whose children are these children that he says? His, little children? his spiritual children. He says, in whom I am once again in travail. How many women have given birth to babies in this room? Show your hands. We want to honor you this morning. Here are women that gave. Come on, give them. There's a certain amount of pain. There's a certain amount of travail. There's a certain amount of pushing for birth. Paul says, I am in pain. I am in pushing. I'm in travail. I am groaning in the spirit that Christ be formed in the church. Groanings. So Jesus says to them, roll away the stone. They roll away the stone. They say, Lazarus has been dead four days. He stinks already. He's dead. You don't know. He says, brother, wait a second. He weeps. And then it says, he sighed within himself. If you go look at that translation, it's like a horse that goes, <laughs> he groaned within himself. He was about to bring something to birth by the Spirit. He gave a groaning intercession from within himself. He says, Lazarus, my friend, you've got to come back. <laughs> Have you ever been praying for a situation that you've been praying for for a long time? And you prayed all night. And you've thought, man, I've prayed and I've said every word. I've praised every scripture, but I just don't feel I'm finished. That's the time when intercession by groanings has to come. That's when you walk up. I'll never forget an old pastor, my, my, one of my mentors, Pastor Eben van Dijk. We was praying one night, whole night. And Pastor Eben was walking up and down inside the prayer room. Oh God. Oh God. Oh, tears rolling down his face, groaning in his voice, like pain, like giving birth. Oh God. Oh God That's when you've prayed yourself out But you know you're not finished And so birthing comes upon you And you start to travail And you groan Now Romans 8 And I finish You, you, gotta, you can't sleep now You've got to sit right up Push the guy next to you Say You know just look like a be like a ferret now. Be like a meerkat. Sit right up on top of your sand heap and look intelligent. <laughs> uh, uh, and he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good of uh, to, for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, 
Them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say of these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Okay, so I've got a backup. I thought I was going towards it. I'm going away from it. Now, listen to this. Verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Pause. Peter. He turns around and says to Peter. Peter says to us. He says, the prophet searched to whom God spoke concerning sonship and stuff. He said, and the Holy Spirit indicated. Say Holy Spirit. It was not for them, but unto us they did prophesy. For the sufferings of the cross and the glory that should follow. Say to somebody next to you, following glory. So there's a glory to come. Are you with me? (laughs) For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Any, any, inside of you, unbeknown to yourself, there's an expectation. The Spirit is trying to tell you something, brother. He's trying to tell me something. He's trying to tell us that there's a son already inside, invested inside. But the son must emerge and become revealed. Like a, like a cocoon that gives way to a butterfly. There's a transformation that's on the inside of every one of you. It's called the sun. It's called God's son. There's a measure of it that we see right now. But the Holy Spirit is groaning in intercession because you know that you are more than you appear to be. I said, you know that there's more of you than anybody has ever seen. And because of that, there's a constant pushing. There's a constant growing, groaning. And the Holy Spirit will not let you go. You get out of your call. You get out of your way. You get lost. You get filled with all sorts of rubbish. But the Holy Ghost comes and He hunts you down. You can run, but you cannot hide. Because His intent and purpose is the glory of a son. Oh my goodness. Oh, I wish I could go, but let's just. Second Corinthians 3, looking into the word, he said, where the spirit are. And I know, I know that this scripture has to be quoted before we close this morning. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. This morning you came to church. And I don't know whether you were prepared for it, but you came on your normal platform. You wore your platform shoes. No, you came on your normal status. And you walked in in normality. But what you didn't know was the Spirit of God was waiting for you this morning to take you to another place. The Spirit of freedom, the Spirit of liberty. He said, where the Spirit is, where the Spirit is, There is freedom. Ah, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Verse 18. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory. To glory. Come on. Read the last piece and get it. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Read Hey, your wife, 
What is going on in the bedroom? Ribasukate yese wa. Church, it's time. Stand on your feet. Oh. Say freedom. freedom. Oh, hi, laddie. Freedom reigns in this place. Power of mercy and grace. Falling on every face, there is freedom. I prophesied this week <laughs> in Citrusdal, there will be an atmosphere change because you were here this morning to receive an impartation <laughs> of the spirits. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We, Paul, the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit said, anoint Barnabas and Paul, take them one side, sanction them off as ministers for me. Paul, Saul and Barnabas, we separate you today to the call to Citizdal in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I separate you. I separate you. This morning, stretch out your hand. I send you. I set you apart to take this atmosphere to the world. Not a spookiness, a reality of knowing that I'm a child of God. I set you apart. I anoint you to take this anointing to the world by the Holy Spirit. Say, apply what I heard by the Spirit. Father, I thank you this morning that your face is shining upon us. Your, your rain is falling. I think next Sunday we need to sing that song, even just once. Open the floodgates of heaven, Lord. Let it rain. Because I feel there's a rain falling. I feel there's a rain falling that's going to set rivers flowing. For weeks now, this church has been experiencing a visitation because we set it aside and said we're going to speak about Him, the Holy Spirit. And when you speak about Him, He shows up. For weeks now, the Spirit has been showing up in this place. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us with power fill us with new revelation fill us with new realization let the superior spirit in the earth take its natural place its predestined place and may the mystery that is Christ in us the hope of glory come forward by the ministration of the groaning and the intercession of the spirit that the sons might be seen and creation be set free. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Amen. 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 Give God a praise offering and a shout. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information about Kingdom Light Church and upcoming local and international events, please follow our Facebook page, Instagram account, or visit our website at www.kingdomlightchurch.co.za.